the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. Peter, the fifth chapter, it was, I'm going to start reading at verse 10. Notice, if you will, what the word of the Lord declares to us. It says, but the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. On today, dear ones, I would like for us to return to the text and to the topic that we had started to look at some time ago. A few weeks ago, we started to take up this text and we started looking at it. We started actually in verse 8 and we worked our way through verses 8 and 9. Then we began to look at verse 10 and 11 and we started talking about it. But then we moved away from it for a couple weeks. But I'd like for us to get back to it to kind of go over and go through it a little bit more. Um, The text, as I said, is found for us here in 1 Peter, the fifth chapter verses 10 and 11, and the topic that we have given to our examination of this text, dear ones, the topic is this, God's unusual way of making me better. Amen. God's unusual way of making me better. Now, dear ones, as we move back into this text, I want for us to notice again what Peter says to us, because Peter is the author of this this epistle that we're looking at. So we want to look again at what Peter says to us in verse 10. He says, but the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, dear ones, it is this statement that Peter makes to us here concerning the issues of adversity, suffering, hardship, and difficulty that is for us at the same time the most revealing thing that he has said to us up to this point. Up to this point, Peter has said a lot of different things, but now he is beginning to talk to us about the issues of suffering and adversity. And what he says to us is at the same time the most revealing thing that he has said to us up to this point. But it is also at the same time the most troubling thing 
that he has said to us up to this point. This is more troubling than what he was talking about when he says that the enemy as a roaring lion is seeking to devour you. What he says right here is more troubling than that. So it is revealing to us, but it is also troubling to us because it is through the statement that Peter makes to us here that he simultaneously lays the foundation for our understanding concerning this topic. But also at the same time, he removes any questions or any doubts that we might have concerning its validity or its truthfulness. And the issue that I am referring to, dear ones, it all centers on how some of the adversity and some of the difficulty that we go through in life. It is not coincidental and it is not accidental. It is it is divinely designed for us and it is sovereignly sent to us. It's not coincidental that you're going through that issue. It's not accidental that you're having that difficulty. With some things, dear ones, it is divinely designed specifically for you. And it is sovereignly sent directly to you. And dear ones, there are at least two aspects to the statement that I just made that I want to clear up for anybody and touch on a little bit just before we move on. One thing is I said that some of the difficulty and some of the adversity that comes our way is divinely designed and it is sovereignly sent to us. And I intentionally said some and I intentionally did not say all of the adversity and all of the difficulty is sovereignly sent and divinely designed. I didn't say that. I intentionally left out the word all and I inserted the word some. Because, dear ones, some of the things that we go through, the Lord never intended for us to deal with those things. There are some things that we go through, some things that I have gone through, some things that others are going through or have gone through. It was never God's intention for you to have to deal with that. But because of our decisions, because of our choices and because of our actions, we have put ourselves in that place to have to go through these things. And so it was never within the scope of God's perfect will for our lives for us to have to deal with certain things. But because of the fact that we made decisions and we engaged in actions and we made choices that put us outside of his perfect will and put us within the bounds of his permissive will. Here we go now. God is using the opportunity of our adversity to teach us. Amen. God is using the opportunity of our adversity. He says that was never my will for you. That was never my will for you to go through that. That was never my will for you to deal, have to deal with that. But because you chose, because you decided, because you didn't want to listen, you did these things. All right, that's fine. I will use the opportunity of your adversity to teach you and to train you and to show you that my way is the best way. That my will is the best thing for you. God will use the opportunity of our adversity to help us to help to remove from our lives our recurring tendency to want to stray away from him and do things in our own way. And he will use the opportunity of our adversity, as I said, to teach us, to show us that if you will just listen and obey, you will be blessed. 
But there was the other thing that I said was that in the economy of God for our lives, these things are divinely designed and they are sovereignly sent to us. In the economy of God, these things are divinely designed specifically for you. Like a tailored suit is specifically made for you. A a tailored suit for Ken would not fit Rashad. And a tailored suit for Rashad would not fit Ken. They are tailored for you. In the same way, dear ones, God tailors some things specifically for you. He sovereignly designs it specifically to help you. And dear ones, as I said, because these things are divinely designed and they are sovereignly sent. In other words, when it comes to some issues that I go through in life, I will be not I will not be able to outrun it, to escape it, to dodge it, to avoid it. To talk my way out of it, or here we go now, or complain my way out of it. I will not be able to complain my way out of it. Why? 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 God said, I don't care. I sent it to you. I sent it to help you. There are some storms, like I said in the previous message, there are some storms that have the GPS coordinates of my life locked in. And I can't run from it. I can't dodge it. I can't I can't talk my way out of it. I can't complain my way out of it. The best thing that I can do, the most appropriate thing that I can do and the most constructive thing that I can do while I am dealing with these issues in my life is to learn how to bless the Lord and praise the Lord while I am still in the midst of my struggle. That's the most constructive thing I can do. That's the most that's the most appropriate thing that I can do is learn how to bless the Lord in the midst of my problem. I'm still going to bless the Lord in the midst of my adversity. I'm still going to honor his name in the midst of all that I'm going through. I'm still going to hold up the name of Jesus as my savior and my Lord. I'm not going to turn from him. I'm not going to back away from him. These problems are not going to cause me to leave him. I'm not going to do it. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. All times means not just in good times. It means in bad times too. In hard times, in difficult times, in sad times, in adverse times, in times where I want to go off on somebody. Instead of going off on them, I'm going to bless the Lord. And so, and so there was, as I said, we, we, we want to keep note of these things. But I want to add at this point, if we are to accept, if we are to accept... All that many are saying to us. I, I, I was just looking online earlier, I was doing some stuff online, checking some things, and I saw a, a post that was put out by, uh, I don't know if it was him or one of his representatives or something. He's a well-known preacher, probably one of the most well-known in this country right now. And he talked about how your words have power to bring favor your way and your favor and this all. And I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, I'm looking at the text of scripture and I'm like, OK, that doesn't that doesn't even jive. No. That doesn't even line up with what God says. No. And so, dear ones, if we are to accept as being true what many people in many places are saying to us today, then what Peter should have said to us instead of saying what he said, what he should have said is something like this. But the God of all grace will remove all suffering from you. No. He should have said something like that. No. Peter should have said something like this. The, but, but the God of all grace will not allow you suffering to happen to you. He will not allow suffering to happen to you. Or he will keep all suffering away from you. Or he will prevent you from having to suffer at all. No. 
That's what he should have said. If we listen to some of the voices that are out in the culture right now, some of the voices that are in churches yes, right now. Yes, sir. But dear ones, if we allow the testimony of Scripture to speak for itself and we take the testimony of Scripture exactly as it reads and exactly for what it says, then we must accept the fact that Peter here is informing us that at some point in time in my life, for some predetermined period of time, and for some divinely intended reasons, things like adversity and hardship should be expected by me. We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able, after you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on the station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. If we take Peter for what he says, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, if we take him for what he says, then things like adversity and hardship, at some point in time, I should expect its arrival. Amen. I should expect it to come. Yes, sir. I sh- it, when it comes, it should not derail my faith. It should not cause me to question my salvation. And it should not cause me to wonder about God's love for me in any way. Amen. When those times comes, dear one, when when adversity and hardship come, I should examine it to see if in some way through my actions, my words or my decisions, I have caused it or created it or promoted the situation that I am going through and then learn from that so that I don't repeat those things again. So so when adversity comes, when difficulty comes, rather than complain about it, rather than boohoo about it, I need to objectively look at it, evaluate it, take, take note of it and see, did I do something? Did I say something? Did I make some decisions that promoted this situation in my life? For many of us, dear ones, if we would honestly take a look at the things that we're going through, we would see our fingerprints and our signature over the whole thing. Yes, sir. Yeah. It's your fingerprints on that. That's your signature on the right, on the, on the thing. You, your decisions, your actions, what you were doing brought this into your life. So you learn from it. You grow from it. You begin to realize, I can't do that again, because if I do that again, I'm going to have the same situation come back on me. Amen. But then after that, dear ones, I should accept the fact 
that the Lord is using the things, these things in my life to accomplish something in me, either in me or with me or through me that would not be possible except I go through this adversity. There are some things, dear ones, that God can only accomplish in your life through bringing some adversity into your life. He can't make you into the man he wants to make you in. He wants to make you into without bringing some adversity. He can't make you into the woman of God that he's calling you to be without bringing some adversity. And so, dear ones, we we need to understand. But but notice again the text. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Now, it is because of the intentional inclusion concerning the issue of suffering that Peter makes here that it should cause me and cause me to begin. It should cause me to begin to look at how I see, how I view and how I respond to things like adversity and hardship. Amen. Because of what Peter is saying, here, it should cause me to look at these things and evaluate how I see it. How I respond to it, what I think about it. They should now become adversity and hardship should now become things that I don't necessarily run to. But they also should be things that I do not do all that I can to run from. You understand what I'm saying? So I should not be trying to run to trouble or run to hard times or run to adversity. I shouldn't do that. But I also should not break my neck trying to run from it. What should what it should cause me to do is it should help me to understand that in the economy of God, in the mind of God, when I say economy of God, I'm talking about the plans and purposes of God in the economy of God, his plans and his purposes for my life. Pain becomes the thing that God uses to bring about change. Pain is the thing that God uses to bring about change. Adversity becomes the means that God uses to bring about my advancement. And problems are designed and intended to produce progress. And and with what Peter is saying to us here, dear ones, we also need to keep in mind what James says to us. So everybody hold your finger here in 1 Peter, but turn, turn back just one book, one book of the Bible in the New Testament. Turn back to what James says. James, the first chapter. Because notice what James says to us starting at verse two. He says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Now, dear ones, I want for us to take note of what Peter, or James, I should say, says in that fourth verse. He says, but let patience have her perfect work. He doesn't say patience is going to have her perfect work. He doesn't, like, he doesn't make the emphatic statement, patience is going to do what patience needs to do. That's not what he says. He says, let patience have her perfect work. Amen. In other words, dear ones, there must be an acceptance of some things that I give. There must be a yielding to some things that I now begin to take place in my life. And there must be a refusal on my part to fight against and resist certain things so that I must begin to give so that the work that the Lord is trying to accomplish in my life through my experiences of adversity can fully and accurately and completely be accomplished. Amen. 
For some of us, dear ones, we, we, we take so much energy and we use so much time and we take so much of, of, of everything that we have, our, our energy, our resources, our time, our focus, everything. We take so much to run from some things and to avoid some things and to avoid having to deal with some things. And yet God says, I'm trying to bring this in your life so I can help you because through this, I will begin to make you into the person I've ordained for you to be. You can't run from it. You can't dodge it. You can't complain your way out of it. You can begin to bless me and trust me and watch me work in your life and do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Right now, dear ones, I can think of at least five to ten situations in my own life right now where I would not be standing before you right now had I not gone through those things. I, I can tell you right now, there's, there's uh, just one situation, real quick, there's one situation. I tried to run from that thing as hard as I could. I tried to run from it as fast as I could. The situation was happening in the church that I was a member of at that time. I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to have any part of it. I wanted to stay away from it. And the Lord sovereignly put me in a position where I had no other choice but to serve as their pastor for a season. There was another church that I had to serve as a pastor before we're alive. I had to serve as their pastor. And I was like, well, I don't want to do this. I do not. Because <laughs> folk were angry. Folk were hurt. Folk were upset. Folk were wondering, why is he doing it? Why him? Why? 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 And I was like, Lord, I want nothing to do with this. I, I, I can go. I can leave right now and have nothing to do with any of this. And the Lord said, no, you're going to stay. Amen. And you're going to preach. Amen. And you're going to tell them what I told you to tell them. And you're going to serve. And it was a couple months I just served as their pastor. And the Lord began to move and began to work. But during that couple months, dear ones, I learned a whole bunch about what it means to serve as a pastor. Amen. There are some things, dear ones, God has sovereignly brought your way because he wants to use that to help you. We, we, we expend so much energy and time trying to run from certain things. Now, now, if you brought it on yourself, learn from it. But if God sovereignly brought it into your life and you had nothing to do with it, but it's just there. God is trying to use that to help you. And so my yes to the Lord, I got to I got to make sure that my yes to the Lord stays fresh. I got to make sure that my yes stays fresh. My yes stays intact. It stays functional. It stays operational. I can't let my yes to the Lord get outdated Amen. Or, 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 or I can't let it you know, expire. Amen. I got to make sure that my yes to the Lord stays fresh yes. and it stays current and it stays active in my life. Yes. And so, dear ones, this is the place. This is the place where as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, it becomes critically important for me to have a worldview of life. That is biblically based and not culturally determined. This is the place when it comes to this whole. See, because I could talk to you guys all day long about how God going to bless you. I can talk to you all day long and everybody be like, yes, yes. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I believe every word you're saying, Pastor. God going to bless. I believe every word. God going to give me favor. I believe every word. God going to rain down blessings upon me. Blessing upon me. I, I could talk to you about that and everybody would be like, amen. Praise God. That was the best thing I ever heard. God bless you, Pastor. Thank you for that word that the Lord gave to you. Thank you for sharing that with us. I could say something like that. But dear ones, when I come to you saying God has sovereignly sent some problems your way, some of you right now are questioning, he off his, he off his rocker. He is off his rocker. He out of his mind. I know. Can't, can't, can't go with you there, Pastor. Can't. I was like, love you. God bless you. Praise God. <laughs> I can't go there with you. 
Because how, how, why, how in the world are you saying that there are some issues that come into my life that trouble me, that, 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 that cause me difficulty and hardship, that take me through adverse situations? How in the world can you say that God sent that to me? If God is good, and if he's good all the time, how in the world can you say that? How it, this is where it becomes vitally important for you to have a, a, a worldview that is biblically based Amen. and not culturally determined. Because the culture says a good God would never do something like that. The Bible says God as your father knows exactly what you need to be the person he's called you to be. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 